walking around the show floor, I see Jason Thomas from Skeleton Key and also my buddy Andy Cohen here. So welcome, guys. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Good. Hey, Matt. Am I, am I panned right? Am I panned? There's no panning on this. Oh, don't, don't be a geek now. <laughs> no, you can't be. You can't. Don't look at the camera. So uh, you said a minute ago you don't touch FileMaker, and yet here you are at DEF CON. Yeah, I personally do absolutely no development in FileMaker. What do you do? Uh, business development, sales, uh, a little bit of marketing. I make sure that uh, our FileMaker developers are busy. Which is hugely valuable and useful. Extremely valuable. You're coming to Portland to talk about that in October, November? Late October, yeah, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. And we're really looking forward to that. Um, so what are some of the tips, you know, what are some of the things that are kind of unique in the FileMaker world for selling and marketing it? I think uh, as we're standing here at DevCon, a lot of folks are very focused on FileMaker, the product, and our customers are not focused on FileMaker, the product, a lot of the time. Yeah, a lot of times, like when I was in the vertical business, they don't even want to know it's FileMaker. You don't lead with that. You lead with what it can do, right? Which is what you lead with. And, um, right, yeah. Absolutely. Do your engineers hate you for when you promise stuff that uh, FileMaker can do and it's really hard for them? No, um, I don't think so. You're, you can certainly ask them. Uh, we, we have a, uh, our process allows for the non-technical uh, aspects to come first and understand the business processes and the ROI and some of these kind of things. And then we dig into the tech before we promise to deliver the tech just to make sure I don't promise things that can't be delivered. And I'm really yeah. good at not making promises, and FileMaker's really good at being flexible enough to deliver on almost any promise I do make. So That sounds like a good combination. It's working so far. And I heard you guys just offered Andy a job. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Andy, you're looking for a job. I'm always looking for a job. You know that. Well, not for a job, but looking for, like, looking clients. Work. Always looking for yeah. work, always. How many yeah. people work at Skeleton Key? We have 11 folks. We just hired on our IT side, uh, the IT side of our business last week. We added a new new person, and we're absolutely hiring. That's kind of the theme of our uh, booth at DevCon this year is we're hiring. We're hiring? Yeah, they're hiring. Hey, you know, that's the reason why I'm always looking for a job, because I don't have a Jason Thomas <laughs> fighting for me to bring work in. I have to somehow find the work. That's kind of hard for a developer to do. I mean, I'm not that in that skill set. I'm... I'm not a sales guy. Um, I am a, an analyst. I can go in and work with the team, but you're not working with the actual end users per se. You're working with the people that actually buy the product, and and they look at not the tech as you were saying. They look at you know, will my process, will I be able to complete my process? Will I be able to get better performance or higher productivity? And that's what you come in and communicate. That's, that's exactly what we try to do. Um, and obviously, even if you're not a developer, you certainly understand all the features of FileMaker. You understand where its sweet spot is. And yep. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I've been with Skeleton Key for a little over two years, and the first, the first bit of my time there was really focused on understanding the box within which we need to operate. Mm -hmm. um, and then where we can bend those rules and where we can just break them because, uh, you know, there's technology outside of FileMaker that... Uh, yeah. allows you to extend FileMaker to the web and, and do all these things that people don't necessarily think about. Exactly. Well, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be talking about a lot of that stuff on my integration panel on Friday. Absolutely. Plug for me. <laughs> I hate doing that, but, you know, well, it's here. Everybody should go to Matt's integration panel. Oh, there you I'll go. be <laughs> funny, thanks. I'll be there. I'll be in the front. With the spitball gun? No, I'll be going, yay! <laughs> so... Um, do you guys do, you just do projects internally or do you, um, 
do you have enough bandwidth to sell things for other people and bring in contractors, or are you pretty much all employees at your company do work? Right now, we're all, all employees. Um, for the time being, I think that's the model we're going to stick with. And uh, as, we, as we add new people, I think we might look at adding some contractors first, kind of as a test run, sure. make sure, are we a good fit for you? Are you a good fit for us? Um, and that's a pretty safe way to, uh, to evaluate one another for a, especially a senior developer who's used to running their own shop and yeah, we get doing it their own way. We get pretty curmudgeon and, and moody. I think that there's kind of a, if you take a look at the lifespan of a typical FileMaker developer's, you know, the life cycle, I should say, um, of when you get really good at development, as you keep building your development skill, you really are the sales rep of all your projects and the developer and the front-end guy and the data modeler and all that. And you get to a certain point in your organization where you need to start breaking those things out. And so, you know, probably the president of Skeleton Key um, and founder probably doesn't do much development anymore. Is that true? And Mark does very little development. He gets in, Mark Richmond's the president. He gets involved in the sales process. He's the, the sales engineer, who would call himself. Um, so he does a lot of estimating. And he gets involved in the architecture at the beginning. And then, right. you know, he's there for troubleshooting. He's there for support. And I don't think our guy's using that much for that. Yeah, they probably don't like it when he starts doing development because he doesn't he doesn't invest as much time staying current. Now, other FileMaker development shops, the, the guy who founded it really, really does want to do development and keeps doing it. And that would be me. I, I'm only happy if I can be running FileMaker all day, every day, pretty much. But Which is why my company's probably maybe not going to grow to a uh, larger size. Um, and so I think, you know, this, the, the path that Mark took, hiring you and bringing that, is great. You know, really builds and helps. It's great. But I'm just curious. Jason, we were talking earlier, and you mentioned how your, your market base runs very fairly wide across different industries, different types of clients. And, and, and the, the work that I do also is uh, kind of wide. I go, I've worked for many different kinds of industries, not one. And that in itself can be viewed as both a weakness as well as a strength. A strength because you're able to do lots of work. You're, you're fairly versatile. But it's a weakness in terms of sales because usually when you're in a specific market thread, like, for example, wineries, um, a friend of mine, um, they developed winery-based software. It was a while ago. It's all obsolete at this time. Um, but they knew everyone. So from a sales perspective, it was like a, a fairly focused thread of sales. Industry context. niche. Yeah. So it was, I wouldn't say it was relatively easy, but it was um, easier than right. if you're jumping from, say, a manufacturing client to a retail client. It's kind of tricky because you don't have as much contacts. So that, that's got to be kind of tough, isn't it? It is. It's a different approach. It's more of a, a shotgun approach, a scattergun approach, than uh, the laser focus you could have if you picked a, a niche vertical market and stuck with it and said, we're going to own this space. Um, we've decided that we may do that in the future with a, a several, a handful of markets. But at this point, the economy being what it is, we've enjoyed that diversification. If you think about it, not all of our customers were have right. been hit the same right. in the past couple of years. Um, and we've grown through the, the economic downturn as a result. I think most FileMaker companies have. I'm not sure exactly. I have my theories as to why that is. What's, what's your theory? My theory is people are trying to do more with less. Yeah, and it's less expensive. FileMaker is a less expensive solution. That's a, that's a way more elegant way to express what my theory is, but that's kind of the same thing I believe. You're right. It's, it's people you can, you can use FileMaker to not shrink your business or to you know replace it uh, you know you can grow your sales without having to add people right. it's much less expensive to invest in technology than in 
in people if you can actually automate a process. Absolutely. And, yeah. and plus they're giving us a lot more. Functionally, what FileMaker provides is actually more than what you're getting for a lot more money from other environments. I'm doing a FileMaker sales pitch. <laughs> Should I dance to it? We're, we're pretty close to the FileMaker booth, I guess, so you know. Gentlemen, thanks very much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. See ya. Live at DevCon. The trade show is being set up right now, so the DevCon's really not kicked off. The open opening session hasn't started yet. And I'm here with Scott Karch, wanting to get an update from what's going on with Nimbus Hosting. Hey, thanks a lot, Matt. Um, everything is going well. This is our first year that we're going to actually have a booth at DevCon after coming for 14 years since uh, Monterey. And uh, so Facility Wizard Software is officially spinning off NimbusHosting.net as our uh, enterprise class FileMaker hosting. Everything's up and running, and uh, we're ready. We're ready to start taking on clients now. After really? after pause, more than really just uh, FileMaker hosting, but really FileMaker plus Citrix hosting. Is that really your main product? Yeah, yes. Our our primary, our our core tool that we're going to be selling is FileMaker being run over Citrix. Uh, we're going to be allowing access via FileMaker Go, or for certain people that might be want to have. FileMaker Pro over the WAN, TCP port 5003. But by and large, our sweet spot and what we have expertise in over the past 10 years is FileMaker over Citrix for people with multiple sites. Um, That's actually the real sweet spot. is people with multiple sites and you want to have access from around the country, around the world, and FileMaker over the WAN just isn't fast enough. Right, yeah. For multiple, like FileMaker's really great in a single situation where you've got everybody on one Local, you know, one wide, one regular network, right? Mm-hmm. Ethernet. Everybody's on Ethernet. But when you start getting people connecting, and they have DSL at their house, and they want to try to do work or whatever, it just doesn't. It's okay for a really simple system, but for a real system, for like something that a, a big company would use. Big company, or we're even seeing uh, smaller companies where, as more and more people are having companies where people are working out of their house where the, the DSL, the business class cable connection was fine when everyone was in the office, they aren't good enough for hosting FileMaker over the internet. And, and with Go Access, people are trying to use Go all the time, and as is, is fantastic as it looks, and the, 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 the interface is great, and it just looks so good, you still run into the same issues with bandwidth and latency, and right. we're even seeing use of Citrix use for iPad, for, for FileMaker Go for iPad and iPhones. Right. So would you say that it's... Like hosting with uh, with a FileMaker server plus Citrix, basically your offering. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a, a good equivalent of, say, Salesforce.com. Interesting. I think there definitely are some. Ad- Actually, there's even more advantages that we can offer. Well, FileMaker has a lot of FileMaker. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's FileMaker as a development tool, you don't have limits, right? Salesforce.com is powerful as it is. There's a lot of things you just can't do. The development environment is much better in FileMaker, as we know. It's one right. of the reasons everyone stays on with it. Uh, so hey, there are there are definite advantages that you would get over if you were comparing it to, say, a Salesforce. But like when I look at it at the surface, Salesforce.com is give or take fifty bucks per user per month, right? So if you've got a, a remote Salesforce with five people working out of their house, it's two hundred and fifty bucks per month. Yep. And that's kind of similar pricing to what you guys are offering for Citrix Plus FileMaker, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's right in the same price point. In fact, right now at at, at DevCon and for the for our initial year, we're going to be even lower than that. So. 
And because your service includes a FileMaker Pro license and a FileMaker server license, the user can actually license something for a short period of time, like if they're doing a project for nine months or a year and a half or whatever. They don't have to actually buy those FileMaker licenses and be committed. They're so, sort of just getting them along for the ride with your service along with a certain minimum contract, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to. You, you can buy, you can add and remove users month by month as you need them, and all the licenses are all included with those, with those monthly fees. And the thing that I think is most exciting is the speed with which you can turn on a solution, right? Since you've got everything dialed, you can deploy a, a server, which is a virtual server, right? and add users to the Active Directory or just have act users in the FileMaker database. And in like a week, you could be done. No IT people have to install FileMaker. The Citrix client downloads automatically and for free when you log into the web interface. Users consider it a web-deployed solution, pretty much. They do, yeah, I would agree. Most people think of it as a web-deployed solution. Very often, you go to a web page, you log in, you see some icons that you have access to, you click on the button, or you click on an icon, and then the Citrix client on your machine launches and connects up. But it feels like a web app to, to most people. And the, thing, the other thing that's really cool about what you guys are doing is the huge redundancy. And I would refer people, because you and I had a pretty long conversation uh, at Pazanera about that. I would refer people back to that episode to, to hear about what, what you guys are doing for that. Um, but any other cool highlights uh, that are new? Um, yep, yeah, we've actually been getting ready to... Um, uh, to, to launch the company, we have finalized migration of all of our equipment to a new data center, um, redundancy upon redundancy, and we have a lot of redundancy. Uh, we could probably lose 60% of our hardware and still have zero impact on performance. Um, it's, it's a bit complicated to talk about, but, right. but I would be more than happy to talk with people. Uh, if you're looking into hosting, ask about infrastructure and ask about where their data is flowing, what type of hardware it is, if something fails, what happens? What are all the different things that can fail? It, it's not glamorous, and it's one reason why you can actually host very inexpensively or you can host for quite a bit more money. And, you know, it's easy to put a Mac Mini in a closet and serve it off of a T1 or a, um, you know, a DSL line. But as soon as stuff starts happening, uh, you know, it's how it's, well, if you have enough redundancy, no one knows that you had failures. Yeah, you had failures we talked about on that other episode, and no one knew. You had yeah. like two major failures. Had like an, I can't remember what pieces of equipment they were, but things that would have brought a non-redundant system to its knees for days or weeks, or a week, whatever. Yeah, yeah, I would say that that very easily could have been uh, way back in the old days that would have possibly put us down for a full week in terms of replacing hardware. And so we have um, at least one additional piece of identical hardware, sometimes more, for our whole environment. And it's just really critical that if you're looking for hosting companies, don't just look at, at the surface, can you get a file up and running? Really look into what they're hosting it on, not just the FileMaker server, but all the networks and switches and power and everything all the way out through their, your ISPs and find out what kind of redundancy you have. Because at some point, everything's going to fail. Yeah, it's a matter of uh, when, not if, right? Absolutely. Well, it's cool, Scott. Thanks for your time. Thanks so much. Great to see you again.